Need an escape? A healthy escape? Come escape in the natural beauty of British Columbia, Canada with Explore BC Rentals. From RVs to sea dues, ATVs and more, Explore BC Rentals can get you set up to explore Canada's most stunning landscapes at your own pace. Book now at explorebcrentals.ca. It has been said that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety, it's human connection. Here, we connect anonymously. This is Addicts in the Dark with Quick Nick. Doesn't dry January really shine a light on just how ingrained alcohol is into our society? It's so ingrained, some of us don't even realize we have a problem. At the end of the month, some people will post about how proud they are about making it through the entire month without drinking. And if that's an accomplishment, they should be proud. They should also realize they have a drinking problem. Just saying. Anyways, caller 16 and their story about addiction. Addicts in the dark, you've got a maximum of an hour to tell me your story about addiction. I just ask no names, no exact locations. Sounds good. All right. Just trying a new intro approach. Just trying to make it quick and concise, but I digress. Tell me your story about addiction. Um, so it all started probably when I was 17, 16, something like that. Um, I was always a big sports fan. Um, you know, grew up going to football games, basketball games, all kinds of different stuff. Played sports, all that, and basically found a website online where you could bet on sports when I was 17 or 18. I didn't really have much money, obviously, at the time. I had a couple hundred, few hundred bucks in my account, something like that, because I was a young kid. Um, but, you know, I started betting $20 on basketball games, football games, whatever, just for fun. Um, and I thought it was awesome. I had a great time. It'd be after school, and I'd, I'd put a game on that I was going to watch anyway, and I'd put 20, 40 bucks on it. It'd be a great time. And, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't really any huge downside, because you know, I was in high school, you know, my parents paid for most of my stuff anyway. I lived at their house. It was all just in good fun. Um, then, uh, when I was, I think I was 18 when I, it was when the saints and the Colts were playing in the Super Bowl. It was the first time I ever tried to make a, a larger bet. And, you know, I, I can't remember the exact denomination, but it was a couple hundred dollars or something, which was a lot for me at the time. And I won and it was awesome. And after that, I went on a little streak where I, you know, turned the, 50 or 100 or I, whatever amount of money I put on the small amount, I turned it into a couple thousand dollars. And to me at the time, that was all the money in the world. And I was on top of the world and thought it was awesome. Um, surely enough, um, shortly after that, ended up losing all that back and it went down to zero and it was crushing. And if it had all just stopped there, it just would have been a, you know, well, that was stupid. No big deal. Learned my lesson. Um, but basically after that, um, I went to college and I, I learned from a couple friends at school that there was a local bookie. This was really dangerous because you can bet on credit and I didn't have much money. So I shouldn't have been extended much credit, but what a lot of these bookies do is they basically give you a higher credit limit than money that you even have. They don't sound like a credit card or buying a house where they check on anything. Um, they just kind of take your word for it and start betting. And I would manage it decently at first, but, Ended up losing, you know, a lot of money a couple times to when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. 
never the kind where it was like, oh, you know, I'm, this is my life's over or anything like that. But I'd lose $1,000 on credit or something like that and, you know, pay back 300 bucks that I have. And, you know, then they let you bet again. You're just down $700. And that's the kind of the, it continues to roll on and on from there. And, you know, I started to realize, I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't know if I ever consciously thought I have a problem, but I was like, I'm losing way too much money. I'm always broke now. I'm, you know, sitting here when all my friends are out partying, trying to make back my money on a stupid basketball game or something like that. <laughs> and later on in college, it got it hit a, a worse point where one time I lost like three or four thousand dollars, and I didn't have the money to to pay back. And you know, it was a, a guy I knew was the bookie, so I wasn't worried about like you know, it's not like the movies where I was worried about someone to kick coming to kick my ass or something like that. It was just. I didn't have the money to pay it back. And, you know, my dad would give me some money every month or whatever to buy books or go out drinking and buy food and that kind of thing. But clearly it wasn't enough to cover that. So I eventually told him, I was like, hey, I, I, I screwed up. Can I borrow some money? Um, he gave it to me. He was mad, but I paid it back and it was all good. Um, I shortly graduated after that, worked a summer job, started to pay him back and cleared off that debt. And after that, um, you know, I should have just stopped there. there. There's a million times I could say this is the point I should have stopped and just learned the lesson, but I never really did. And I would I would pay back anyone I owed, get my stuff back together, and I'd start betting again. And basically, you know, from the time I was 22 to 25 out of college, I wasn't making very much money or anything, and I was pissing away pretty much every single dollar I made on that. You know, I would run up a big debt pay it off and then do it all over again. It was an endless cycle. And um, I have stopped doing it about uh, five, five, five and a half months ago and starting to get my finances back together. Um, but it's certainly taken a huge toll on my life and got progressively worse as the time went. Um, it wasn't always just losing. Sometimes I won a, a lot of money. Um, once I hit about 26, I started making um, decently more money. I had a pretty good job and um, a casino opened not far from where I live, about two hours away or so. And I started going there quite a bit. <laughs> and that really exacerbated it even further. So I, I had been, you know, basically, you know, I was making thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year and losing all that. At this point, I was making, um, you know, double or triple that, but still continuing to piss it all away. And it wasn't even just through these small time bookies anymore. I was going to casinos i I'd, I'd go up there for work and i'd stay at this casino i'd stay there they'd let me stay there for free of course because i lost a lot of money there and um i would i'd stay up all night um playing blackjack you know pretty much for 12 hours straight sometimes until i had to go to work the next day and you know there was a couple times where i'd, I'd win a lot of money more you know a couple times where it'd be enough to nullify all the money i'd lost previously but it never works out that way and I always end up losing it back. And then basically, you know, my parents kind of thought it, the time that they bailed me out in college, they pretty much just thought it was a one-time thing or whatever. But then once I, and I was able to hide it for a few years after that from them pretty well, just because, you know, I, I just always make an excuse like, you know, I don't make very much money. That's why I don't have any money in my account, whatever. And it would be because I was pulling it out to pay back bookies and all that kind of thing. But once I started going to the casino, it got progressively worse because when you bet on a credit limit with a bookie, um, there's nothing you can do. Once, once you max out that credit line, unless they'll give you more, um, you basically 
can't bet anymore. So, you know, your addiction can't, you know, get any worse at that point until you at least pay some of it back. Um, the bad thing about the casino was that you could go get credit there and you could take a credit card and do a cash advance where they charge you absurdly high interest. Um, and there's a couple times there where I'd basically go fully broke, where I'd have negative dollars in my checking account and I'd have a maxed out credit card that I've, you know, lost $10,000 playing blackjack in, you know, a few hours. And, um, I, I knew it was a problem, but at that point I was so far in the hole where I, I stupidly just never stopped digging. I just always continued to try to win it back. And, you know, my, my dad was all over me and he was telling me he'd do anything to help me. And I'd lie to him and tell him that, Hey, I'm not doing that anymore. I'd open up different bank accounts, whatever, try to hide it. Um, so there's a lot of shame in that. And, you know, I, I'd be driving home from the casino or going to work the next day knowing that I couldn't even afford to put any money in my gas tank. So it was, uh, it's pretty humiliating and also just, you know, takes you into a pretty, you know, it's a death spiral. You know, once you start, um, it's, it's really hard to stop. And what made it even worse in really recent years, so in the last year and a half or so before I quit, finally said enough is enough five, five months ago, um, they legalized sports betting in the state that I live in. And that became a real problem because I could just log on to a app on my phone and bet on whatever the heck I wanted to. Um, and so basically I'd set my, you know, I, I get a paycheck on Friday morning and a lot of times by when Friday was over, that paycheck would be gone. Um, so it, it the only reason, um, and I'm not proud to say this, that I wasn't living on the street is basically because, um, you know, um, my parents are upper middle class, fairly wealthy, and they'd bail me out on it and make me promise to never do it again. And they finally told me, you know, if, if you ever do this again, then, you know, we're not going to help you next time. And since then, and some reflection, I've, you know, it's, it's obviously still a temptation, but, uh, um, I, I've been able to, to not do it for the last five months. Something that is so striking about gambling addiction that you just touched on is that you can actually solve one of the biggest issues that were created by the addiction being the debt by engaging in the addiction itself. Well, yeah. Yeah, you can solve the financial problem if you were to just walk away, but you know, you're not really at the end of the day you always lose. Like there's a expression that, you know, casinos don't give you money, they they let you fondle the money. You know, you can hold a lot of money in your hands, but you know, as long as you're addicted to it and you don't say, I'm going to quit, you're always going to give it back to them. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a stupid person. I'm college educated. I went to private schools my whole life. I know how mathematics work. It's just, uh, I, I'd become a different person, um, you know, when I was in the in the thrall of it. And just, you know, uh, I, I'd win. Yeah, some of these numbers sound crazy and stupid, but, you know, I, there was a couple times at the blackjack table where I'd win. $50,000 in 45 minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple times where I went in there with, you know, I'd be on my last couple thousand dollars. I'd go in there and turn it into that. And, um, but you know, I, and, and there actually, there were a few times where I said, all right, I'm going to get up and drive home now. But that was smart in the moment. But you know, a week or two later, I'd drive back there and it didn't always happen all at once, but over time I always lost it all. 
Um, there's a couple of times on sports betting where I'd win sixty, seventy thousand dollars, have it in cash in my bedroom. I thought I was on top of the world. I'd pay off my rent for six months and basically be, you know, ready to, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, I've solved my issue. Um, but, uh, you know, being greedy and stupid, you know, I would always just say, all right, well, if I can do that, I can turn this into a freaking million dollars or what it's stupidly. And, you know, it, as quickly as you can win it, you can lose it even quicker. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. I, I think that's a good point you made. I never thought of it that way where it's, um, you know, the uh, the part that made it really hard for me, I guess, is that you don't always lose. You just lose most of the time. And if you do it long enough, you're going to lose. So sometimes it can, you know, you, you can be in, you, you can make more doing that in a couple hours than you can in months and months and months at work, which is, you know, kind of intoxicating, but it just never lasts. And that's what I've, you know, I, I hope I finally learned. I, I, I know it in my head. Um, I've, Basically, um, with the with the legal sports betting apps and casinos, you can put yourself on a, a list, a self exclusion list that I've now that I did a, a few months ago, to where um, I, I I don't have access to the sites on my phone anymore, and if I were to walk into a casino, I get arrested for trespassing. So, being that I don't really trust myself, even if I can go you know a few months not messing around with it. Um, I put that kind of roadblock in place to make it so that, you know, you're not going to go risk, risk getting arrested for trespassing, you know, that, and not only that, if you're able to skirt that, say that you did win money and you go to the window to cash it out and you give them your ID, um, they'll seize it all. So it makes it so that there's no point at all to gambling because you can only lose even if you're able to skirt getting into the casino. So I, I should have done that a really long time ago, but, um, I've, <laughs> I've done that now and I, I'm hoping, you know, there's always going to be temptation. I can always go back to finding a legal bookie or something like that, or getting a friend to put in a bet for me. But, you know, it's, um, it's a good roadblock that I think will help. Um, it, it also applies to legalized online gambling. So if I tried to log into one of the, the sites that I used, I, I just no longer have access now. Um, but you know, I set it for five years. That was the max amount of time that you can set it for. So after five years go by, I'll have to go set up a new one to self-exclude again. Um, you know, I, I did it for the state that I live in and the state that the casino was in. So if I were to fly to Las Vegas, then I'm not totally, I'm not totally clear on the rules with that, but I think I might be able to go there. So you know, there's always going to be a way around it. And I, I, I know illegal bookies that would take my bet. So th there's always going to be some way that I can do it. I just found this would be a, a good step to try to limit as much as I can. But no matter how, how many restrictions I put on myself, um, there's always going to be an avenue that I could go down to find a way to do it. And because it, it, it's, it's scary what they do. It's like there'd be times where I'd stop for a little, you know, a little bit and I get a, a an email saying, you know, hey, if you put on a thousand dollars on the website, we'll give you a three thousand dollars. And you're like, well, I'd be stupid not to do that. So, you know, it it shows you how how much money they make and how they prey people into it. You know, there's on on one app, Caesars, which is you see the commercials anytime you watch a football game and everything. They'll literally give you a five thousand dollar risk free bet. So to to try to coax people into coming. So. I was telling my dad about all that. Now that I basically come clean to it all, to him about everything, and he was like, "Well, can't you see it's you know a fool's errand and stupid if they're willing to 
give you a risk-free $5,000 bet, you know, it's because they know that you're going to lose it all. Yeah. Drug dealers do the same thing. You want to try a little bit of this? It's on the house. That's exactly the analogy my dad used when we were talking about it. He's like, yeah, that's like, you know, the, the Coke dealer giving you a, like a bag of it for free. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? And the, the social aspect of it is interesting too, because um, I have a, I don't know what it's like where where you live, but recently in the States, um, all the rage recently has been legalized betting. And even people that have never bet in their lives are betting on, you know, healthy amounts. Not, not like me. They can control themselves, spend 20 or $50 on a football game or whatever. And I'm surrounded by it now. And back when I was doing it, when I was younger and I'd get big wins or whatever, I'd, you know, brag to my friends about it or tell them the cool story or show them $20,000 in cash in my pocket or whatever. Um, but I, I, I always never really told them much about the losing part. And so, you know, people think that, oh, it's incredible that he did that. He's like the he's like the greatest gambler ever. But, you know, the, the gamblers never talk about the inevitable other side of the coin to when they lose, basically. And I, I, I became really good at I in I started to get judged in social circles when people would be like, oh, he, you know, he's got $10,000 on this football game or whatever. Not ju- not that people wouldn't hang out with me or anything, but just like that's kind of unseemly information. I, I learned to just keep it to myself. And this is kind of wild looking back, but, you know, I'd be hanging out with a group of a close knit group of friends at a cookout or something with like my friends and their girlfriends and wives and that kind of thing. And, you know, I would just lie and, we just watching the game for fun, but I would have freaking ten or fifteen thousand dollars right on the game and be able to hide it and not tell a soul. Um, but then, you know, when <laughs> when when I finally went home, I wouldn't be if I lost at least, I wouldn't be able to sleep that night, and it would just, you know, it's um, it's I, I was almost a a master at hiding it from others. And so, what has your life been like lately without gambling? Well, it's, I, I, you know, I, it's one thing I realized is that, um, the money is obviously really important, but it's also the time, you know, there'd be times where I'd, I'd be with my girlfriend and staring at my phone the whole time. Cause you know, I, I couldn't tell her, but I was, you know, watching some, you know, following some stupid game and, you know, she'd always be like, why are you on your phone all the time? Or we'd be at a nice dinner or whatever. And I'd be fixated watching some game on a screen. Um, you know, the, you, you almost become numb to like I, those, when you said, holy shit to those dollar amounts, um, it, it's not that cool because I always lost it all back. So I'm not trying to brag, but it was, um, you know, you almost become numb to the dollar amounts, you know, when, when you're sitting at a table and you got these chips in front of you, that's, you know, half your salary, you don't think of it like that in the moment. You just think of it as like, all right, this, this is, this is what I got to bet. You know, this, this is my pile. I'm trying to make it bigger. But I, the biggest thing I've noticed is just the time that I have. Um, um, it, it, every night when I'm not gambling anymore, you know, I used to do it most nights of the week. And now I'm free to hang out with my girlfriend, hang out with my friends, hang out with my family, and truly be present. And I've gotten a lot better at my job, too. I was always, you know, I no, no one at work has ever known a single thing about this. And I, I've been able to get a couple of, switched a couple jobs, got a couple promotions, and I make pretty good money. Um, but you know, I'm paying back a lot of the debts that I have now, so I don't necessarily have a lot of money. Um, but you know, part of, part, part of the thing with the job was that, you know, there'd be days I I do outside sales where I wouldn't be able to focus at all. And I really sucked at my job then probably, but, um, it's been awesome. I, I, 
feel more present with my family, my friends, more time to do things that I like. And, you know, I think, I think I'm better at my job for it too. Uh, overall, it just feels like a big weight's over my shoulders because every other time that I quote unquote quit, I'd always leave it open to, all right, well, like once I get, you know, a few things back together, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and, you know, do it again and try to win, but more responsibly. I finally said this time, and I, and I really hope I'm able to stick with it. I, I think I can, but you know, you never know. So I, I, it takes a lot of effort. Um, I finally said that this is the end and I'm not going to do it. So, you know, it's just kind of a, a weight off your back to where it's like, all right, I got to pay off some of this debt that I've incurred from this and get my life back together. But you just finally feel like, you know, I'm, I'm free. I'm living a normal life. And I, I started doing this when I was seven, 16, 17 years old or whatever it is. I've wasted a lot of time. I'm, I'm 30 now and it feels like that was a blink of an eye ago. And, you know, there's probably, I, I think of a lot of fun times that I miss and a lot of, you know, life experience just because I was worried about a stupid score of a game or sitting at a blackjack table. And and part of it, you know, beyond the financial factors, um, my, my dad's the one that, that knows the most about this because he had visibility to my bank account. There was times he, many times, he'd lend me money to cover me for a loss. Um, so the honestly, more than losing money, um, the one of the, the biggest thing for me is just, you know, he, he he loves me no matter what, obviously, and he's been tremendous. But the biggest thing is is I don't want to disappoint him again because I remember sometimes, you know, where I'd go to the casino and have an overdrawn checking account, and I would know that he would a lot of times end up covering it for me. Um, the biggest part is that, you know, getting that call from my dad at 8 o'clock in the morning when he, when he opens up his phone or gets an email that my bank account's overdrafted, that was honestly scarier than even losing the money. Not that he's not that he's a scary guy or anything, but just the the disappointment and uh, just feeling like shit. Have you gotten any help for problem gambling from professionals? Any any formal type of help? No, I I, pro- I probably should go to a Gamblers Anonymous meeting or or you know talk to a therapist. Um, I haven't done that yet. Maybe I should. Um, you know, I have just kind of tried to bootstrap it on my own I, I don't obviously that doesn't work for lots of people for lots of different addictions it may not work for me and and, and I, I should probably look into that but no I, I haven't talked to any therapists or gotten any professional help to date but you have talked to your parents a little bit about it and they said they would help you out but they also said it would be the last time that they would do so yeah they did say that and you know there was um and this, you know, I'm not proud of this. This makes me sound like a spoiled brat. There was other times they said that too. I'd test them and they'd help me again. Um, so that wasn't necessarily a new thing where it was a, a line in the sand. You know, all the other times they helped me, they always said, you know, you got to stop doing this. We're not going to do this anymore. Um, but I, it was just, a, it, it was so much money and it was, I, and it, it had gotten to a point where I was just so embarrassed and, you know, feeling like shit every day about it to where, through talking with them and, you know, kind of realizing it myself, I just said, all right, this is, this has got to be the real time. I just turned 30. This has got to be the real time. Well, the reason why I bring up your parents helping you out after they told you they wouldn't, this is something that I brought up with last episode's caller about enabling. And imagine your parents who are trying to help you were to do so by cutting you off, so to speak. 
that could intensify feelings of isolation, the guilt, and the shame. And, and those things can lead to the problem getting worse. I guess what I'm trying to say is enabling someone in the context of addiction is arguably better than disabling someone. Exactly. And, and you know, candidly, I, I go over to my parents' house, you know, at least once every week or two, go have dinner with them and that kind of thing. And my dad always asked me, like, you, you're, you're, not, you're staying clean. You're not doing it right. And we end up talking about it all. And, he, and he's talked about it. I was like, you know, I, I, he's like, this was foreign to me. You know, I, I, I never knew that this was such an issue or whatever. And I, yeah, I've done a lot. He, he did a lot of research on it and he was, you know, he's like, uh, every time I told you it was the, the last time he's like, he's like, you know, I also can't kick my son out on the street, you know? So he's like, you know, he, and he's, I guess it's part of a, you know, talking about the future and trying to dissuade me from ever doing it again. He's, you know, he's like, I, I don't know what I would have done if you kept doing it, but you know, I, I, I was at, it was really hard. He's at a loss for it. And it made me feel really bad because I was, he's retiring now. He's been a fairly successful, you know, at work and all that and saved up enough money to retire. And, you know, I didn't want to screw this up for him, not just in a money way, but also in, um, you know, a way that, you know, where you're just worrying about me all the time. Um, he, he, he told me at times, he's like, all, all I could think about was like, you know, are, are you out there? It, it wasn't even just the money. He was worried I was going to commit suicide or something like that. I, I, I never reached a point like that. I, I, I can say that with 100% honesty. But he, when he would read on the Internet, worried about it and seeing what happened to other people, you know, that, that would enter his head. And that was obviously bigger than the money. You know, when we talk about it now, you know, I, I'm still on a payment plan paying him back for past debts, to be clear. But I, I've held up to it so far, but, you know, he, he's said to me and we've talked about, it, he's like, you know, it's not about the money. It's a shitload of money, but, but, but who cares? Pay it back. We'll move forward. He's like, you know, and what we've talked about and what I've come to realize myself is I'm never going to get it back. And it's just, it's, it's not, it doesn't do any good to dwell on the past, even though it's hard not to. And while you're not dwelling on the past, you've spoken a lot about being free from that past. And I, I think that feeling of freedom that you're talking about is hard to describe to someone who isn't an addict. The idea of being free from something that you liked, like it's not like you're, you're free from prison. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, you know, I, I've been free this whole time walking around, you know, with a good job living a, you know, from the outside, at least a, a pretty decent life, but I was consumed by it, you know, it's um, anytime I had money or I would get paid, it was time to, you know, go gambling um, and just not having that anxiety. And, you know, it's um, when, when you go through a big loss and you, and you lose a big sum of money, you, I, you, you feel you feel awful. Like, you know, it's hard to sleep. You don't feel like eating. It's hard to go to work when you're like, all right, well, I just lost what I'm going to make in the next six months in the last week. You know, I. It's, it's hard to even justify going to work and, you know, it, it, you're all kinds of screwed up and just not having that anxiety and just worried about things that I can't control. And, you know, I, I still like sports and I'll, you know, passively watch game with some friends or whatever, but just not, you know, having my hands clenched, sweating about the outcome of the game is it's really freaking freeing. So you've self-excluded, but regardless you're always going to have an urge and in theory 
you do have the ability to gamble through backroom bookies and whatnot. What happens when you get that urge? Um, so I, I actually, I, it was, this was, I, I felt, so I, I stopped five months ago. I didn't self-exclude right at that time, but I, I didn't even know you could do that at that point. I did a couple months later, but there was a couple times where I'd get those emails offering me promotional offer for free money or come stay at the casino for free and we'll give you $500 and free dinners and all that. And I kind of thought about it for a second. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> but, you, you, you know, subconsciously I'm like, I, I, I was like, all right, I know I can't do this. I have to self exclude. I mean, the, the urges were tough. You know, there's a couple of times I, I, I thought about doing it for sure in those first month or two. Um, and you know, I'm not bragging or anything. I was able to do it this time in the last 10, 12, 13 years. Um, I, I had never been able to not do it, but, um, yeah, the, you know, I, when I watch a game, when I see a game on TV or whatever now, um, part of me is still like feels that urge a little bit. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, it would be fun to do this. But then I remember about the ripple effects throughout my life it causes. And, you know, I, I, I try to, stay away from it i've been able to do it so far um i've still got a long way to go i mean to be transparent I, i've got i've got um two, two credit cards where i owe like ten thousand dollars in each one still so i'm slowly paying you know but you know it feels good to just not have any of my income every month going to gambling anymore and starting to just go down the road to recovery it's like you know um I, I I see all my friends that not all of them, but a lot of them, you know, they've they've bought nice houses or they've gotten married or whatever, bought a wedding ring, and you know, this has held me back from all that. Um, so I'm just kind of uh, really optimistic about the future, and I'm just and, and try not to dwell in the past. And you know, it's going to be it's going to continue to be a challenge, especially in these days now, where I was telling you, I don't know how it is in Canada, but here in the states, where gambling is everywhere. If you what you know, it used to be kind of hush hush behind closed doors and now it's just fully out in the open and freaking everyone's doing it when you watch if you watch a, if you were to watch the super bowl you'd see a hundred commercials now for for legal online gambling for different sites and even you know they'll show the spreads on the screen now and you'll even hear announcers talk about it sometimes and all kinds of people are sponsored by different gambling apps so you know the the point where it took a a hard turn to even worse than anywhere it had ever been was when it became legal for me to do it on, on these gambling apps where I could, um, you know, use credit cards and overdraw bank accounts. And, you know, it's, um, I, 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 you know, I'm not in Congress or whatever. I don't know what it should be. There's obviously people that can do it for fun and recreationally, but you know, there's probably a lot of other people out there like me who, you know, weren't as fortunate as I was to, have a have a bit of a backdrop in, in my parents and you know it's gonna create more addicts you've brought up regret a couple times and you've also brought up how instrumental your parents have been throughout this journey particularly your dad i've also thought about my parents and how instrumental they've been in my journey and when you talk about your dad i'm thinking about my dad and something that he's always told me about regret and i know he didn't come up with this himself but He's always told me that regret of all the emotions is a completely wasted emotion because unlike other emotions that can be channeled into action, positive action, can't really channel regret into anything. And as you basically said, you can't change the past. 
you can only use it to learn for the future. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. You know, ho- hopefully going through these really hard times, you know, in my future, I'll be able to draw back on those and use it for positive. And, you know, I, I, I I've never, you know, I know a, a lot of, you, you hear more about addicts with drugs or alcohol and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I've smoked weed before I, I drank, but you know, I, I, that was never an issue for me. Never became addicted to that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just easier. It's easier to hide it basically. Um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought for a second. Uh, but I, I know people will have all kinds of trauma wreaked on their lives from that. And that was the point I was trying to make that with people, you know, if it's a drug addiction or if it's a drinking addiction, it's obvious to everyone that they're around. And at some point, people either stop hanging around them or they, you know, they have to change. Um, but with gambling, it's, it's so much easier to hide and that's what makes it harder is nobody knows how much money you have in your bank account so or or how screwed up you are financially or or what you're doing on your phone when you're staring at it so it's just it's um it's it's insidious in the sense that just you know it's it's you're able to conceal it from everyone and it makes it even harder you were able to conceal it but you also chose not to conceal it for this phone call and i really appreciate that Honestly, part of the reason that I, I responded just because I found that, um, you know, with friends and stuff, I, I don't really like, you know, I, I got to be around them all the time. I don't really want to, you know, I, I'll tell them that, you know, I don't want to bet anymore and I screwed up a little bit in the past. But I don't want to get into every gory detailed story, you know. Um, so that, that's kind of why I was like, hey, maybe that would be good to, you know, just talk to somebody where that I don't know in real life and kind of get it out there. I guess it's almost, you asked me if I ever did therapy, it's somewhat like that a little bit and I'll get to listen to myself and who knows, you know, I'm going to wait till I've been clean for more than five months, but maybe one day down the line, I'll let some friends or family listen to it as well. While listening to this phone call, it might seem as though someone with a gambling addiction has an easier time hiding their issue from those closest to them. That it's somehow easier to hide than a drug addiction. But I'd wager some of our listeners, particularly those with their own compulsions, disagree with that notion. At the beginning, it's easy to hide addiction from friends and family. That's because it's not all consuming. But eventually, the cycle begins. And so do the lines of credit, the deceitful behavior, the anxiety, the regret, the fear, the urges, and the relapse. Sound familiar? Because regardless of the addiction, it'll always start out fun. Until it's not. I'm Quick Nick. Thanks for listening. If you want to anonymously tell your story about addiction, find Addicts in the Dark on Instagram.